Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Are you getting frustrated because your ex is delaying everything? Are you worried that perhaps it might be some sort of delay tactic? Well, today we're going to be talking about the pitfalls of letting things drag on and delay and also how you can overcome these in the three different stages that you might be going through at the moment. Welcome, Mum. And we had our member Q&A yesterday and some of our members had uh, raised some issues where people were dragging the chain, so mm-hmm. to speak. And there were all the different stages. There was the early stages before that even like fully properly left. Then there was the negotiation phase, the mediation phase, disclosure, and then all the way to court, people are still delaying. And I know we talk about the different personality types in the divorce, but all of them could do it. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I've been controlling people. Delay is, is one of their tools. Mm-hmm. Same with high-conflict people, mm-hmm. you know, and um, avoided, obviously, they, they might not want to respond mm. um, or get, get things moving, so they're just sticking their head in the sand. And even sometimes amicable people where you think you've got an amicable separation, but one person maybe it's just lazy or they're secretly holding a hope that you can get back together again. And it can be very frustrating to Mm. try to move things forward so you can get on with your life when they don't seem to want to. All right. So why is delaying not good? Well, you know, it's like it's it's something you've got to get through with your separation. Yeah. What's that song? So you can't get under it, you can't go over it, you you've just to go got to go it. through it. Look, I understand, yeah, delaying emotionally really stresses you out. It is. You just want it sorted. But delaying, what 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 reasons do they have other than just to mess with your head yep. or because they can't deal? Legally, what reasons do they have to delay? Oh, okay. Well, some people delay because they're hoping that the maybe the house they want to buy, you know, if it's the f- former home of both of you, they're hoping it goes down in price or they might be waiting for interest rates to stop or they might be stalling because they know you're getting an inheritance or some lump sum money. There are examples I've seen just in the last week, mm-hmm. really. Um, they might not want to pay for a lawyer or valuers mm-hmm. and uh, so they're just trying to sort of starve you out and and maybe they're just being stubborn and don't want to. So tactically, if they don't cooperate, it's just that much harder for you. And you they, what, they're secretly hoping you'll give up. Yeah, or, or not giving a damn. Some people just forget everything when they leave one relationship. They're fully into their new life and they can't be bothered with the old life. And if they perceive it as something that you want, Mm. um, they might not cooperate at all. So, yeah, there there can be delays. There can be delays um, because uh, they want to spend more money before you start your proceedings. (laughs) They Mm. want to, you know, use up all the cash they've got or hide money. Yes, I think too some people hide money. It's harder these days to hide money because of all the electronic tracking we've got, but still I think there's some of that in there. And is there an element of the waiting period for property settlement as well that people try and delay things for? Uh, Sometimes I think they do. Like if you've been divorced and the Mm. divorce is coming up to 12 months' time, uh, they may stall hoping that you miss the deadline and then you can't apply for divorce or with de facto relationships. They may stall just hoping that you forget 
the, the two-year deadline. So can you just clarify for anyone okay. who's maybe first listening, what, right. what are the deadlines in, and why delaying is a bad idea? In Australia, um, with you, your property settlement or maintenance, spousal maintenance or alimony it is, must be started um, before a date that is one year after your divorce. Mm-hmm. So in Australia, you can get a divorce. It's no-fold divorce. Um, all you have to prove is that you've been separated for a year. Mm-hmm. So technically, the earliest opportunity you could get a divorce is one year after you've separated, and then one year after that, you are out of time for property settlement. And the court actually doesn't have jurisdiction unless it decides there's hardship or a reason why they should. So you, if you miss that deadline, that's serious, and the property will stay in the names of whoever the property is in. Mm. So if everything's in your ex-partner's name, they will be hoping that you don't file. Mm. <laughs> um, and and if it's in joint names and you don't file on time, it may be that the, the family court says, well, that's nothing to do with us. You can go to the Supreme Court in your state mm. and get that sorted. So you lose the opportunity to alter the percentages you hold things in because the, the other courts just split everything down the middle if you're forced to sell through um, what they call in Queensland petition and sale uh, then you'll just get whatever it is on the title deed maybe 50 50 right and so- then the same with de facto de facto is really hard to remember the date of that you separate it. Mm. Sometimes with de facto relationships, there's an argument about whether they've lasted for two years or not mm. because that's when technically the court's jurisdiction kicks in. After two years, you can apply for property settlement unless there's a child or significant mingling of funds. And so there's a very good incentive to stall for two years post-separation. For someone who doesn't want to be fair. Who doesn't want to be fair, who wants yeah. to keep what they've got. Yeah. They're perfectly happy with the current situation. Okay. That's probably the key. Yeah, They're perfectly happy. So many people on uh, TikTok that didn't know that rule oh. and they go, ooh, maybe that's why my ex yes. is just being quiet and doing nothing and leaving yep. them alone. So really be conscious that the delay tactics sometimes have a reason. Oh, yes. And, and mum doesn't mean you have to completely finalize your property no. but it means you've had to have started negotiations and if it hasn't gotten sorted before that time is up you've at least you've filed. got to file your documents and then you if, then it then can you be can five do. years long yeah. fighting yeah, that's right you've yeah. got to get a court document in mm. um to to ask the court to make an order that gives the court jurisdiction mm. and then you um hopefully will settle it then now i remember you saying in another episode one other delay tactic that you've noticed is sometimes they delay so they can change what's been happening so there's a new oh, narrative. For children's matters yes. particularly, yes. So yes. what's something that people should be watching out for if their ex is delaying everything? You're like, why yeah. are they doing that? Suddenly um, after having not bit played much of a role in the kid's life, mm. they become mother of the year or father of the year mm-hmm. and, and uh, they want to establish that as a routine before you get to court. So, so they want so they want so to they change can make everything. That submission. They go, but for the last six months I've been doing everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that is a delay. They're trying to establish a pattern to present to the court mm. and also, yes, maybe make the court more inclined to give them perhaps 50-50 or whatever it is they're wanting with the children than they would have been if you'd gone to court straight after separation when there wasn't really much interest in the children. I think sometimes that's a financial mm. reason. 
And one more that yes. we've mentioned before, uh, domestic violence. If someone, if anyone's listening who's going through it, please ring 1-800-RESPECT if you yeah. are struggling. But Hugs. if those people notice their ex is delaying the children's stuff mm. and there's DV involved, is that also to change the pattern to be like, look, I haven't done anything bad yeah. for a or, year? Or worse, they say... How could I have ever been domestically violent, What, like like she says I ha- was, if she's been letting me have the children 50-50 for the last six mm. months or so? Mm. So there's kind and, – and it's very hard to say to the court, I did it because I was scared. Yeah. Because that means you sent your children to him because you were scared. Mm. Oh, no, he was never violent to the children. He was violent to me in front of the children. So it, it kind of – um, weakens your argument. Mm. Yeah. So you've got to be aware and ask mm. yourself maybe, why are they delaying? What reason have they got to yep. delay? Is it because they're sad and disappointed and they don't want to move on? Or is it because they don't want to sort the property out? Or is it because they want to change the narrative? Yeah, they the want court? to Im- Im- improve their In- case. Yes. Or is it because they just want to mess with your head? So <laughs> in that, let's talk about some of the ways people can overcome these delay okay. tactics, Mother, to put you on the spot. And right. we're going to talk in the three different phases, that micro stage yep. and then the negotiation and then the documentation mm-hmm. and court phase. And, again, you don't have to go to court. You can sort all of this out, yes. document it, file it, and never, ever have to take a step into the court system. That's, yep, that's right. Yeah, so early stages, Mum. What, what kind of delay tactics are people going to come up with in the early stages and 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 then how can they overcome them? So give us some examples. Okay. Uh, some examples are, th- are things like, oh, can't you just wait till after Christmas? Or I've got something on at work, I'll answer you after that. You know, Or perhaps pretending they didn't get the email or the letter mm. or that they don't understand the letter. Mm. Um if you write and ask for some things, they may ignore some things and and def- and then just answer part of it. And it's it's like pulling teeth trying to get the information out of them. So what do they? What do you do if you're trying to get this moving? Yep. And they're just saying to you, "Oh, I'll deal with that later. I've got something on. I'll deal with that later." What? How? Do, how do people deal with mm. that? Well, you just say that's not good enough. Mm. I need an answer by this date. And then you can um, go looking at the core practice direction, mm-hmm. uh, central practice direction, because even though you're not in court yet, it still applies. Mm-hmm. And you can say to them, you know, in accordance with the central practice direction, you have an obligation to respond to me and, and give them a deadline, give them a, a time and a date mm-hmm. that they have to answer by and an or else, yeah. right? So it's a bit like when you're dealing with kids. If you're not up here on the count of three, uh, you're not getting your device tonight. Mm. If you don't answer out my letter by 2 p.m. on Friday the 7th of whatever, mm-hmm. um, then I'm afraid I'm going to have to file in the court or I'm going to assume that you're content for me to sell the house or that you're whatever it is you've asked them in the letter. Mm. Um, uh, so it's one of the ways that I get around it is like if someone's not going to reply about a valuer, for instance, um, you know, you you may be sending a letter saying here are three valuers because we do that. Give yeah. a panel. One person gives a panel, the other person chooses. Or here are three report writers. To value for the house. Value the house. Or, or report writer for the children. Or, yep, yeah. and Or value the business, whatever. Yeah. Um, because that's the first step with property is to work out what the property pool is. If they just don't respond and you've given them the panel, a better option um, is once they've 
give them a deadline. Yeah. And it's like by 4 p.m. on what's the date, failing which I will choose one. Yeah. Um, and I will assume you don't have a problem with any of them. So yeah. you're doing those kind of letters that have uh-huh. a self enacting thing. Yes. And then you go, the next letter will be, I've chosen, because she didn't respond, I've chosen this lady, I've made these appointments, I've chosen this man and Mm. he's going to contact Mm. you. So you can kind of drag them through it. Mm. whether they want to or not. And so if you ended up in court and they said they chose she chose the value without mm. me, you can say, well, here is a Here's letter the letters. where I asked and yep. he didn't respond or she didn't respond. So, okay, mm. so that's really good. Yeah. Great. Next. <laughs> okay, what about if they're... Oh, when, they, when they answer, when you write a letter and ask some questions or ask for some documents and mm. they only answer part of it. Yes. What if they only answer part of it? How do you get around uh, that? So... To, to avoid that in the first place, I recommend when you write your letters, guys, if you want to... And this think, is general advice. General advice only. Always get your own legal <laughs> advice. Yeah. But when you want to ask for something or get an answer to something, number them and and only put one or two, just a couple of things in, in each letter so it's hard to ignore. So please respond about this. One, you know, do you agree to getting the tractor valued or something? Two... Uh, can you give me your superannuation statement? Three, whatever it is that you want, give them a separate number. It's pretty obvious then that when they respond if they haven't haven't given you a correlation to those. Mm. And then you, if they do only write back about, say, the tractor and the third thing you asked for and, and acquired about the super, then write another letter and say, as requested in my letter of this date, I'd like to know your super, please, and just put that one question in a letter. Mm. Don't. Let it get muddied up. So yes. if it's it's short and direct questions, straight, short, sharp, and shiny questions to them, mm. um, or demands to them that they cannot avoid, and that's... not answering that letter at all is a is a a very powerful thing for you to be able to say to the judge if you ever go to court. Yes, yeah, rather than I sent, I asked him for this on these days, and he did these two things, but he didn't do that one isn't as powerful as I wrote and asked him for that on this date and then again I wrote a letter on that date and he hasn't responded to that second yeah, letter. Yeah, I see how, yeah. I see what you're saying. And, and then when it comes to co-parenting or dealing with your parenting situations, you could do the same thing, I guess, and say, mm. could you please respond to these two things, mm. one, Johnny's football yep. and two, Madeline's school fee mm-hmm. issue and then and you could do exactly the same yeah. thing again because I think when it comes to co-parenting there seems to be some of our members parents who just gloss over things they just don't want to talk about yes you can and you, just you can. dodge the bullet yeah. of trying to talk about those things okay and, you know Laura the court does that mm-hmm. judges do it all the time mm-hmm. if you go to court with an application and the other person doesn't respond, mm. you have the option of being heard on an unopposed basis, basically getting a default judgment. Mm. So the court has always used that as a tool to make people file their material. And if you'd like to listen to the episode where we talk you through that process, <laughs> yes, it's called How to Divorce a Statue, as yes. in like a concrete statue and and they don't do anything but you still get through it and do all your yep. things that you need to do um so i'll put that link in the show notes for everybody mm-hmm. um so mum a lot of people have said to me uh from our members that their partners are delaying their ex-partners are delaying mediation they're not agreeing to a time they're not agreeing to a mediator no you've told us how to deal with that but what if they just keep putting mediation off Hmm, that's a hard one. 
um, you may be better. Like because every time a mediation's cancelled, you lose money mm. if you've paid a, a fee. Yes, and it may be that you have to start file a document in the court to get the ball rolling, mm. and then the court will make darn sure that they send them to mediation. And if they don't attend the mediation, ask the court to hear your case on an undefended basis so mm-hmm. that whatever you've asked for, you get. Yep, and that's that it gets their attention. statute. Yep, it gets their attention. So you've got the option of doing that. Mm. Um, if people desperately do not want to go to court, I guess you can just kind of threaten, threaten it. it. Yep. But I guess you only have that threaten once, yes. so use it wisely. Everything you ever threaten, you need to be able to follow through. Yeah, and we don't mean abuse. or domestic. No, I don't we mean, mean abuse. Threaten to take them to court yeah. or threaten to, I don't know. Yeah, get, step, choose steps for you to take. Yes. You need to follow through. Mm-hmm. So then what about, um, and I guess the delaying of mediations because they just don't want to sort it out, but can they be delaying mediation through not doing their disclosure properly. Mm, absolutely. And then you can threaten them with, like, when I say threat. <laughs> no, <laughs> Why I t- order? <laughs> <laughs> you better. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What you what say is if we have to adjourn this, we're going to make you pay the cost. Now, that's not going to do you any good at all if you're not in court. <laughs> so Yes. Can you go them for costs later when you go to court and go, we've tried to go to mediation a million times. Yep, and and the court looks at the conduct of the person throughout Mm. the proceedings. Mm. Um, So if you've had, if you can say to the judge, I've had to file this because my ex has ignored this letter, this letter, this letter, I've had this many attempts Mm -hmm. and I'm only here because they they wouldn't cooperate. And so you wouldn't, you can't ask for the costs of what you spent before you went to court but it will have an impact under Section 117C if uh, you have another dispute in the court and then you say to the court, look at look at the history here. You've had to make this order. He could have agreed. Here's all my letters. Please give me a cost order. So in that negotiation phase, what about when it comes down to signing things? Is that a delay tactic? Mm. Not signing things. Mm. So they go to mediation, they agree to, but then they refuse to sign anything. Yeah, that's a, that's rough. Yes. So what, can, what do people do then? Or how do you protect yourself from that happening? Well, you can't force someone to sign a consent order mm. or to agree, but you can perhaps draw up a document while you're in mediation, mm-hmm. maybe call it heads of agreement or something, mm-hmm. um, the mediator will do that for you if you ask them to. Draw up what everyone agreed to, um, sign it, and and put on that document that it can be used if you have to go to court later on. Mm-hmm. And there is case law to say that. So what happens in mediation is completely confidential at all times unless there's a threat to life, mm-hmm. um, then a mediator or the other person may have to report, that does have to report that, or a threat to children. But if you sign some sort of heads of agreement and agree it could be used in court later, then you can show that to the judge and go, we were already there and he's you know, he's now refusing to sign the consent orders. It's relevant when the court goes, when you go through court and the court makes an order, you can say, look, we were offered that or better than that or we reached that agreement exactly the same two years ago two years ago and we've only done this last two years because one of us and it's not me mm. has been A difficult pain in the bum. recalcitrant yes um you know well um so th- we've got an episode called 
Costs and Calder Bank Office. Calder Bank Office, yes. Costs and Calder Bank Office, which I'll put in the show yep. notes. You can listen to that and figure yep. out um, some general tips on, on how to have that up your sleeve. But I think sometimes that might just put the wind up them a little bit and be like, well, come on. Uh, you know, you could be liable for us if we go to court. Yes. Because you're being a silly billy. Now, yep. And so what we do um, is what I'd recommend that you do is As send them advice. A, yeah, in, in, um, se- send them when you say I'm making an offer. You can make an offer in exactly the same terms as the mediation. Mm-hmm. Again, that's confidential until you start talking about costs. But when you make an offer to them, attach a copy of the part of the Act, Section 117C, that says that they might be liable for your costs if you've made a reasonable offer and they refuse it. I always attach it. And highlight uh, it. <laughs> no, that would be cheeky. <laughs> um, for your I'm pretty inf- sure attaching yeah. it's pretty cheeky. Yeah, well, you, you know, for your information, I attach Section 117C. Mm. Um, never do that. If of you're, the Family Law of Act. Of the Family Law Act. If you're writing to a lawyer... You don't need to put a copy of that act in. But I always mention it mm-hmm. so that the client, because you you want this to operate on the mind of your your ex, not on the not lawyer. The lawyer so you like, want whatever. your ex to go, what's this 117C? Mm. And then when they find out, that can help them settle. I mean, in my opinion, it's been, the court's made great steps forward mm. in uh corralling people and making them keep moving. Mm. Um, but some of the punishments that they've got, some of the or else's that are in the Family Law Act or in that central practice direction are a bit meh, you yeah. know. Yeah, we do. I do get that comment a lot yes. on TikTok that that the, they don't have any teeth. But Well, they do at the end, you know. Yeah, but it's all at the end. That's, yes. that's what everyone is listening has got to understand. If you've gotten through the mediation, you're doing that, you're trying, and you're just like, oh, this <laughs> person's getting away with murder. Absolutely. Um, yep. I'll do realise that it does come and bite them in the bum, but it, it all comes home to roost at once. It, yeah, at once, and it might not fully, you know. Be what they uh, deserve. Redress. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and, and when it comes down to that, the courts are pretty, Pretty pragmatic, and you know this is this is terrible. But this is the person you've chosen to live with, or marry, or have children with, or all three things. And so, in a way, you're kind of stuck with with their behaviour. I know that's your attitude, (laughs) but to be fair. I don't think anyone would marry the person or move in and live with de facto with the person who acts the way that they're acting. If they're like these little poopy bums that people are dealing with because they, they hide change. it they hide it's yeah. yeah yes so what was the saying you used to say it was good enough to oh you can't it's a rude one um Not doing that one okay good enough for something is good enough to what father <laughs> yes yeah but yeah. but look the court i mean I have been known to say to clients, I didn't marry your ex and I didn't write the Family Law Act. You know, those people are dead. Um, So we're stuck with the system. Wait, those people are dead? The people who wrote it. How outdated is this act? Well, um, Murphy wrote it. Murphy helped write it. Well, 1975. Who's Murphy? (laughs) Justice Murphy. Okay. Yeah. So, some dude, so it was done in, but it was a dramatic improvement from the Marriage Act of nineteen of nineteen thirty nine. Sure, I did one separation under that, and okay. under that old Marriage Act, a woman who left the home never saw her children. Whoa! Yeah, 
Okay, so maybe. Yeah. Okay. You didn't okay. get anything, so desertion. I'll take that back. Thanks, Murphy. Okay, thank you, um, Justice Murphy. Yeah. But I think maybe Lionel Murphy. they probably need to update. Yeah, and every- they are. They're trying to. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to. But but at the end of the day, they're doing the best they can. Mm. And sometimes people get frustrated and they complain. But the system is devoted, like written. So the Family Law Act is written on an assumption that um, people do want to get through it and get out and move on with their lives. Uh, that, so they, they haven't assumed. So that's a false assumption. It, it can be with some people. Because there are some manipulative control people. And here's people. the big one. Uh, the court is a um, whole system of evidence is sworn or or a de- uh, sw- sworn affidavits, right, mm. um, evidence under oath usually in the witness box. So they assume that people would not lie that's a, to the court. That's an hilarious assumption. Which, which in the Dark Ages or or in the 1500s, 1600s, people were more superstitious, I shouldn't say superstitious, but they believed that if they lied under oath, that was a very bad sin yeah. and was a stain on them for the future happiness in eternity. Mm. I don't think everyone is is on board with that now. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to lie for people, you mm. know, easier than it used to be. Well, that takes us into the last phase yes. mum, of court. Yes. And the delay tactics that members have been bringing up and other people, one of the ones is just bombarding the <gasps> court with ridiculously large amounts of content and affidavits that are like ridiculously long, mm-hmm. what kind of tactics do you see that are delay and, and what's the, the problem with having delay tactics during court? Oh. If you're separated or about to be and you need to get everything finalised and sorted but you don't know what to do next or you're looking for a way to do your own divorce and settlement without spending thousands of dollars on lawyer, then you already know what you need to do and that is to sign up and become a member of the DIY Divorce Blueprint. Empower, educate and equip yourself with the legal know-how and the tools you need to get divorced or de facto separated and finally settle. Work through this course at your own pace without feeling confused, lost, scared or overwhelmed of all the family law legal jargon and processes. Let us walk with you through this journey and show you a better way. What kind of tactics do you see that are delay and, and what's the the problem with having delay tactics during court? Oh, court. oh during court it's great because it's the judge's problem, more or less, <laughs> not yours. Um, and you just go, Your Honour, have a look at this. <laughs> mm. You know, it's too much, Your Honour. And, and if you're in a lot of cases, the court will say uh, to your ex or to their lawyer, Mr. Such and Such, I would refer you to rule, I can't remember what number, the rule, rule 14 is it, or rules 14, um, about the size of affidavits to be filed. It's all listed in the central practice direction. You're not supposed to have more than 10 pages and more than and 10 annexures. Mm. Um, and, you know, and one judge I know, he just said, I stopped reading at the end of page 10. <laughs> oh, wow. Like an assignment at school. Yep, they just draw it off. Yep, that's it. So anything. Wow. And so there are the court, honestly, these new guidelines mm. um, and the central practice direction have really tried to address some of this nonsense. So sometimes it wasn't a delaying tactic. Mm. Sometimes people were so full of things they wanted to say that they were unable to distinguish what was important at that time or not. So mm. they just put it all down. Mm. Um, and people representing themselves probably to some extent as well. 
But in the course, we tell you how to find out what's important and focus on that. But yes, once you're in court, that's, that's sort in of the self rep course. In now. the self rep course, yeah. yeah. Um, the once you're in court, that sort of verbal diarrhea stuff won't get them very far, mm. and uh, it you know the court will just warn them. What if they delay by not showing up? Oh, great! Could I have orders by default, please? Okay, <laughs> but they don't do that straight away, do they? They they very rarely do. Mm. Um, there's more of an appetite now in the court to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a judge do it. But if that happens, they've got 28 days, they can they can reapply and get it reopened. Mm. Yeah. And I guess the whole post-separation abuse mm. comes into this bit because I think psychologically maybe some of them realise, oh, no, th- this is coming to an end. We're going to be, this is going to be over. How can I make this last as long as possible? Yep. And yep. then so it just, they delay the end of it mm. through doing what? Just stringing out every phase, being self-represented, mm. not complying with court directions and saying it's because they're self-represented. Mm. Um, Does anyone ever end up in jail? I haven't heard of anyone going to jail for probably 15 years, 16 mm-hmm. years. Oh, I take that back. Yeah, I think you should take that back. Wasn't it in I the did. paper? <laughs> I beg your pardon. I've see, I was in court when someone was taken to jail. And it was the taken from the courtroom. Mm. You were there. Mm. How do you what? Who would have taken them? The judge got the um, the associate and the security guards to take, take the person out the back. It was an murder. I bet you the associate didn't think that it, was a fun no one job. saw that coming. Wow! And um, it was a, ter- a terrible experience. The little girl, the child, was there. <gasps> oh my god! Mm. So, but that was a one off, and that judge got in a lot of trouble. Yes, and and yeah, the, and all of the um, practitioners, we all went to the child and you know tried to comfort her, and the, the the mother was back out in about an hour. Jeez, it was just completely out of line. So, but that other judge you're talking about, yeah, um, he's I can't talk about him because he's still sitting. Oh, okay, let's not talk. But it was in the paper. So um, and he he sent someone to jail for non-disclosure. Okay. Mm. Well, look. So so the powers are there. Oh yeah. They just don't use them very don't often. Don't forget, these are Commonwealth judges. That means they're government dudes. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's really a bit scary. Mm. But if you're doing the right thing, and like you say in court, you you, you wear good clean shoes and a nice outfit, and you you mm-hmm. you use your manners and you try your best, and mm-hmm. you just try and be the best kid in the class. That's not going to happen to you. No, 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 no. But that is, you know, that is a big comeuppance for someone who's carrying on like a dope. That, mm. that may happen. So yeah. that the court has like you have to bring a contravention proceedings mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. anything to happen to someone, and they can be ordered to do community service mm-hmm. or pay a fine mm-hmm. and ultimately go to court. Mm. The court's got to have some teeth. Mm. But it's got to be exercised. Go to court or go to jail? Go to jail, I mean. But you've got to have it. It's got to be exercised wisely. Yeah. And the fact that those things are rare means it it runs along quite well. And genuinely and generally it's cost orders against the person who's delaying. Oh, so it's money more than anything. Money or um, orders by default more and more. Mm. I ask for them whenever the other person hasn't filed. Mm. Don't get them always. But the court notes it. (laughs) Yeah. If he doesn't turn up. Next time that that um, 
Mrs. Galvin's going to be asking for a default order. Mm. And that just gives them a warning. And also if they know it's on and they know it, there's likely to be a default order and they don't turn up, the court's entitled to assume they don't object. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So these delay tactics, what if they say, I was sick, I fell in a hole and I'm in hospital or... If they do that after the orders have been made against them or before. So they don't turn up to court, they're in hospital. Or mm. Normally if they're in hospital, they'll send a message to the court to okay. say. Wow. So have you seen any really outrageous delay tactics? Oh, yes. Okay. Can oh, you I had a really one? good one once. We went to mediation. <laughs> you did it or they did no, it? No, I didn't. <laughs> this guy had been driving me crazy. We'd done, like, everything was so hard to achieve. But we finally had the property pool sorted mm-hmm. and we went up to mediation with one of the court mediators mm-hmm. um, for property settlement. And he was supposed to bring his documents. Uh, it was before we were, had everything on computer. Mm-hmm. He turned up with nothing. He had a pair of rubber thongs on Un, un, you know, untidy clothes um, and a biro, a pen that he could click and he just sat there. Oh, my god! He brought not a single document. That would have driven me insane. A, and not a single document. It was so arrogant yeah. of him, so arrogant. So that was the delay tactic. What was, what mm. was your strategy to deal mm. with it? Um, well, we couldn't really mediate, could mm, we? Mm. And it hadn't cost my client anything except my fees. Yeah. Um, so uh, he did. He annoyed the registrar so much. He clicked, click, click that the registrar, without stopping talking, leaned over and just removed the pen from his hand like a teacher would at school, put it in a cupboard <laughs> and didn't say a word, just kept, ta- kept talking normally but just took it off him. Um, but, yes, so what happened to him when we went back to court mm. and the, the mediator had made a report mm. that he didn't make a genuine effort, um, then the court issued costs against him wow. for the next court appearance So he had to pay dollars. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, but that was like an, an extreme case. Mm. But they get there. Like there's no cases. I've been doing this for 35 years and I've never known a case that didn't end. Yeah. So there's something to hold on to, guys. Yes. And also in all my years, fewer and fewer people surprise me because <laughs> everything pretty well has been tried before. Yeah. You know, I've had people on the other side hiding money in their TAB betting account. Mm. Mm. So they've got a positive balance there or or money in their credit card, which is a positive balance. I've had people <laughs> send money over to a betting agency in Vanuatu to hide That's so their random. Money. Yeah, yeah. Or, or take their pension out of Britain and put it on the Isle of Man. So but it all comes out in the wash. It all does come out in the wash. I mean, there's very few things that will successfully stall um, a property settlement um, and what about, it always ends. Okay. If we go circle back to the beginning mm. and anybody who's listening to this right at the get-go yeah, and the delay tactic they're dealing with is their ex won't leave the house. Mm, that's a very hard one. And whether it's they've already left and they want to sell it or they can't leave, they need the ex to leave, mm. what what do they do well, in those instances? Okay. Oh, there's another circumstance too where they think if they leave they'll lose their ownership of the house. Mm. To anyone who needs to hear this, that doesn't happen. Yes. If, you can, if you've got somewhere to go and you can go, don't worry about the house because we can sort that out later. Mm. Possession doesn't count. Yeah. And, and also property you can get later but 
definitely always take the things with you that. Mm, your precious stuff if you can. Just in case they do make it disappear. General advice only yeah. though. Yeah. But, yeah, generally um, the only case where you'd worry about that is if they trash the place or don't keep it nice mm. and you're trying to sell it. Okay, so if you have got a partner, ex-partner who's delaying because they think if they leave they lose ownership of the house mm. somehow, you can maybe say, you know what, it, that's not Contact true. Article, or if it's you that doesn't want to leave mm-hmm. because you're worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're just sitting, so you can do that if they're sitting in the house, just get them to get legal advice mm-hmm. um, wh- who will tell them there's no harm in them leaving. Yeah. Um, you could, if you have to, go to court for an order called a sole occupancy order mm-hmm. and the court will decide which one of you can stay in the house. Mm. Uh, but there's a case of Davis which says it's unreasonable to expect both to stay in the house. Yeah. But years ago we the court used to say, well, what, no, they've just separated but there's no what they call disentitling behaviour. No one gets sole occupancy. They can both stay there, oh, wow. which was so hard. So in this day, and I know I'm mindful mm. of the time, this day and age, I literally heard on the radio when I was coming back from buying a toaster um, <laughs> that said that the uh, they did a survey of all the Queensland or Brisbane homes. Yes. There are only nine that are um, achievable for someone who's on benefit payments for rent at the moment currently in Brisbane. So there is a rental crisis yes, and for a lot that. of people. Um, and there's a, a lot of our uh, people that came to the webinar the other day, they're still all living under one roof. So we have an episode called Separated Under One Roof that I really strongly recommend you go listen to, which will help you guys if you're in mm. that situation. Um, but if someone can't afford to move out until that house is sold or they, or they can't afford to move out unless their partner gives them mm. some money, um, apart from applying for child support or spousal maintenance, you know, is that is that all they can do? Well, it's no good having money if, if you still can't get a house. Mm. Um, so, yes, one other thing that people are doing because it's desperation mm. is if there's two, two floors, yeah. um, set up one, the downstairs one is your area with a granny flat, set up a little mini kitchen. Yeah. You know, this is general advice only, but usually you can buy like a toaster or an air fryer or mm. um, a little hot plate and set up a kitchen down there. Um, but it's an awful situation and yeah. I feel for people. Yeah. Um, if, if there's violence, you you may have to just get out and get into emergency housing. Yes. Um, and you need to ring that 1-800-RESPECT. Yes. But if it's just that it's the end of the relationship, mm. you might need to have a kind of uncomfortable truce. Mm. But don't go cooking for them, washing for no. them, um, Make sure your lives stay separate. Yeah, and um, make sure and that that's the beginning of your separation. And you can say to Centrelink, we're separated. Yeah. Under yeah. one roof, rental crisis. Okay. Last thing, anybody who's tearing their hair out, losing their minds because <laughs> their crazy exes are delaying everything, what do you say to them? It will happen. Mm-hmm. There's nothing they can do that hasn't been tried. Yeah. So just keep plodding on mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it might cost you, you'll get some of your money back. Maybe you can try and do it yourself. Mm -hmm. But whether they like it or not, it's going to come to an end. Yeah. And you can move on. Yeah. And protect your state of mind. Uh, and get mental health assistance if you if you need it just mm. to get you through this last bit. You've put up with the person for so long, mm. you can do it a little bit longer to yeah. get through. Yeah. Sounds glib, but uh, but yeah, you'll yeah. you'll be all right. 
All right. Well, to everybody listening today, mm. we're wishing you the best of luck and hopefully there are no delay tactics that you are tackling at the moment. And mm. if you want to listen to those other episodes, they give you some good strategies as well. Um, and thank you, Mum, for sharing That's your right. wisdom it's today. It's lovely to be here with you, Laura. And if anybody's interested, I just remember, <laughs> our, our Divorce Course DIY Blueprint is open for enrolments for platinum and gold membership and both platinum and gold membership will be closing we will be closing enrollment doors on the 10th of may because we want to have one intake that we can deal with and work through and And we we want to help and focus on them Uh, so if you are interested for a very long time we've had platinum open always Mm -hmm. but we are not doing that anymore so remind me again what does platinum do platinum means they get to do the whole course Mm. all eight modules all the lessons the check checklist templates, Mm -hmm. the agreements, they create their own property and parenting agreements, and they get to talk to you. Yes. And the gold membership is the whole course as well, except minus the chatting with you. Okay. But they do get to engage with you in our member Q&A lives. Which uh, we did yesterday. Which we did one yesterday. And that you were able to help um, some people. It was great hearing some of the people who got through to consent orders. Yes, yes. There's some great stories there. Um, So if you are interested, check out www.thedivorcecourse.com.au. Go to the uh, DIY Divorce Blueprint or the online course tab, and you can have a look at all the payment plan options we have available, and we would love to see you on the inside. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only, and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.